You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm a writer over at Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss man over at Windy City, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, rinse, <laughs> recycle, repeat. I mean, we got another loss to the Green Bay Packers, but other than that, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, this it's the Packers. You know, the Packers loss always stings a, a, a little bit worse than other games, and but honestly. This is kind of what I think most Bears fans realistically expected is the Packers to win. And at some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to do something that really hurts our feelings. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about that up top. <laughs> I actually have that written in my notes. I had a feeling. Rod- Rodgers scrambles, uh, runs in for a touchdown, and he blacks out, apparently. And he, <laughs> he comes to and he sees a number of, of, of women giving him the double bird. And I, I asked mom if she got tickets because uh, I thought maybe that was her. Um, she said no, but he he says something to the effect of I effing own you. I own you. I still own you. And I'm just tired, man, because it's true. Like I, 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 I understand where he's coming from because he does own the Chicago Bears. A part of the fan base gets upset about it. And then part of the Packers fan base decides to, I don't know, double down with a terrible take and say, well, because we own the team, because we sent in a hundred dollars for a sheet of paper that says you're a team owner. um, Does that mean that we own the bears now too? And it's like, uh, I don't know what level of stupidity we're going to get over this game. What, what can we just move (laughs) on? Uh, It's, you know, that's, that's exactly what I expected. Some weird thing to happen. It seems to always happen. And then that him, you know, dropping the F bomb and, the whole the whole situation is, but like I can't be mad at it. I mean, like if the fans are gonna talk trash and a player wants to talk trash back, and I mean it's true. I mean he's his career. I'm not sure the record of 21 or 22 and five or it's whatever it is. It's ridiculous. It's just it's it's grotesque how how bad he's he's kicked the Bears' ass through all these years, and he's just he's such a good football player, he's such a good quarterback. So I mean I. I a bunch of my friends were mad. They said it's classless. How dare he say something? I'm like, I just love him. like whatever, dude. If he's, you know, he he has the right to talk trash back because, like, why are you talking trash to Aaron Rodgers? Like, why are you giving him the bird? He's kicked our ass for how long? So let, let leave it alone. You know, I don't know. Weird, weird situation. I, I laughed. I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, yeah. at some point, it's just the absurdity of it all, and you just kind of laugh because, yeah, what what are you going to do? The guy, the guy has dominated uh, the Bears for 16 years. Well, you know, early in his career, the Bears at least got the better of him a little bit. But, um, you know, once once he started being Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, it was over. But I, I just think it's funny. And, and the doubling down by the Packers fan base with that team ownership crap, and it's like, oh, come on. Like, it was just can we just get out of Packers week without having to, to – 
feel bad for you thinking that you actually own a piece of the Packers. If you owned a piece of the Packers, you would make money off of that investment. That's what ownership is, is you own something that you can sell for a profit or that you make dividends. Like this, this idea that they own something is, is so silly. It's a fan package that's, that's uh, packaged up in a way to make them feel good about themselves. It's so ridiculous. And I just, I've got a buddy, his last name's Lombardi. He's all in oh, on this stuff it. too. And like, whatever man like i just i can't i can't deal with that part of the packer fandom you know it's bad enough that they wear the ugliest colors in the league um that they now they have these terrible opinions about team ownership but i digress someday hopefully they'll go to jordan love and hopefully he's like like i don't know if you saw uh a cal brant today on nfl network he said hopefully jordan love's not the next joe montana but the way things go he probably will be you know hopefully jordan love is bad hopefully the packers their, their, their downtime is coming because Favre to Rodgers as a Bears fan is just about as bad as can get. Hopefully Jordan Love is perfectly average enough yeah. to where they convince themselves <laughs> that they have perfect. to pay him. Yes. Yeah. And then they just struggle in this mediocre, you know, seven and 10, eight and nine record or whatever, how many ever games there's going to be at that point, because who knows, they're probably going to go to 18 here soon. But that that's what I hope. I hope for mediocrity for them. I don't I hope it. for a bad yeah. reset. I don't, I don't hope for that. I hope for mediocrity so that they're just completely irrelevant all the time. Kirk Cousins would be great. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. yeah maybe a step, half step down from Kirk Cousins. Would Pay be him that fantastic. $70 million guarantee contract. He's just good enough to to sometimes sneak into the playoffs, but not good enough to where you think, you know, this is the man. And oh yeah, that's I love it. I love that. It's much better. And then our friend Kev will have a hundred tweets locked and loaded (laughs) about how much that love contract is worth. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. All right, let's get into the the first segment. And that's of course trench tribute. So this is where we go through a guy that plays on the offensive and defensive lines that we just wanted to call out because these guys don't get that opportunity all the time. So let's start with you. I think it's your turn to do these first. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Keem Hicks this week. You know, I actually did have a chance to go back and rewatch the game. Um, I didn't give it as much of my usual uh, uh, focus because it's just, it's just, it stinks. A really bad taste in my mouth watching the game again, but I, I thought Akeem Hicks played pretty good. You know, you could tell he was favoring the groin a little bit. Um, he, he did hurt, hurt himself again on that sack and he seemed to be more playing to where he was uh, doing a lot of two gap stuff. Cause he really wasn't penetrating like he usually does, but he was really trying to just hold his ground. You could tell he wasn't his, his usual self, but he's a warrior. I mean, he gutted it out. He, he played tough. Uh, he had one tackle for loss. He had that big sack and, you know, you, you want to see a guy like that play well because of how much he's meant to the to the team. And, you know, this this could be his last year in a Bears uniform. So I think uh, for this week, that's my guy. I want to give a little shout out to Akeem Hicks for 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 sticking it out and, and fighting through the pain. Yeah, Hicks is uh, definitely a fan favorite and someone that I, I like quite a bit. And a guy that's maybe similar in size to Akeem Hicks is a guy that I wanted to call out this week. And that's Jason Peters. Nice. Because we, you know, we talked about Peters and how, Obviously, he's he's a potentially a Hall of Fame player. I really need to kind of go back and think about his career because he, he was very good for a very long time. And he's 39 years old. He's going to be 40 at some point in the near future here. And, he, you know, at first it was like, okay, yeah, I don't know, Jason Peters. But, you know, he he's continued to get a little bit more into game shape, and he's looked like the Jason Peters of old. And I think that you'd have to make a pretty good argument to convince me that he's not the best offensive lineman uh, for this Bears team right now, which is kind of crazy 
uh, and kind of sad at the same time. But, I, you know, really give it up for a guy that's going to come back to a team that's, you know, somewhere in the middle to play for not a lot of money um, at, at his at his uh, advanced stage in his career and play pretty good football. That's what I was going to say. It's it's it is pretty sad when you think about it. I mean, this is, you know, he he was fishing uh, a few months ago, and he's probably like you said, he is the, probably the best Bears offensive lineman right now. And yeah, there's some injuries along that line, so maybe maybe a guy like Tevin Jenkins would have been the guy, but sure. we'll we'll never know. So I mean, Jason Peters, you know, he he uh, he was actually going to be my uh, my my second guy. I was bet- I was going between Hicks and Peters. Wasn't sure which one I was going to go with, uh, but Peters did. He had a really nice game too. Yep, made the right choice since we got to talk about both of them. Yeah. So let's turn it over to the Twitter machine. So sweet tweets, tweet of the week. Uh, what do you got for that one? What do you want to highlight? Uh, yeah, I, I sent a tweet out after the game of talking about the uh, the Bears and their and their putrid offense. You know, they put up 277 yards of total offense. You know, that's their uh, their, their third most they've racked up this year, and it's just a, a pretty bad sense of of the matt Nagy uh experience here but 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 richard painton at at rhino 34 uh tweeted back to me he notes that they had the growing pains of a, of a green but talented quarterback khalil herbert played very well Komet and mooney made some plays and we lost a team with defending mvp and three-time nfc championship game participants things will improve so I thought with most of Twitter really toxic after that game, I thought it was nice to have a, a good perspective. And, and, and like like you said, you know, this is a game that most Bears fans realistically thought they would lose. So how upset can we be? Did, did we see some growth from Herbert? Obviously, we see, did we see some growth from Justin Fields? I think he played some good moments in the game. Did he, did he have some moments where you saw, yes, he's a rookie? Of course. But, but you know, the growth is there. You know, he's coming along. And I think it's good to have a little perspective because most rookie quarterbacks don't Justin Herbert things. Most rookie quarterbacks struggle. And as Bears fans, we want Justin Herbert. We want, you know, elite play out of the gate. And that's just not normal. I mean, that's, you know, I can't think of another guy that's really come in and really dominated like he did. And even him with Herbert, you know, this, the Chargers were pretty bad last year. So, you know, it's good perspective to understand that this is a, uh, this is a, a a year of development. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson probably came out of the gate pretty hot. You know, he he came out firing pretty pretty early on in his career. But Justin Herbert really is you know a unicorn situation, and he wasn't supposed to start right. They were going to let Tyrod Taylor play, and then the Doctor jabbed a needle into his <laughs> lung, and and you know he got forced into action with about fifteen minutes of prep. And you know he, he's just Herbert's just a, a weird case, and he's also kind of a weird quarterback. You know, so much of his his value has been just these amazing throws on third down. Like he's just built a little different. He might just be a different quarterback. So again, Justin Fields is going to be his own guy, and we have to kind of figure out how to tap into that and and who that guy is. And you know we've talked about it plenty on this show. We talked about it on other shows. This this year is really all about Justin Fields and and getting him a, a base level of what he what can he do and and what can you build on for the next year. So. Don't be don't be discouraged, and we'll talk about that a little more. I wanted to bring producer extraordinaire Robert Schmitz on real quick because he had a tweet that he wanted to highlight that is tangential to what you were talking about or related to what you're talking about. So let's let's bring Robert in. And Robert, what is your sweet tweet of the week? I do. I'm glad you asked. So, uh, so Jeff, so uh, 
Zach Pearson today tweeted out a stat nugget. You know how people do this all the time. Sure. Saying the net yards of offense for this season for the Bears in each game. Week 1, 322 yards. Week 2, 206. Week 3, 47. Week 4, uh, 373. Week 5, 252. Week 6, 277. That's 246.2 yards per game, and it's dead last in the NFL in year four of Matt Nagy's offense. Now, some of you may be out there saying, well, goodness gracious, that's a weighted average by the 47-yard game. And, you know, you'd be right. So let's take that out. That brings the average up to 286 yards, which is 30th in the NFL. It only just gets the Bears above the Jets and the Texans and still leaves you below the Miami Dolphins. So as much as, yes, there's rookie quarterback growth that's happening right before our eyes and the Bears are a little better at rushing than the majority of the league, those offensive metrics, not good. And I'm just going to hand it back to you guys to <laughs> to analyze that. Because, gonna throw that grenade and then well, he's going to exit nice, the show. It's a nice reminder that even as things may trend up for pieces of the team, the whole team as a unit is trending way down overall offensively. So it helps kind of, at least for me, it matches how my heart feels to the eye test of this offense is bad, right? And even though, you know, I, I said this yesterday on Bear With Me, that the hardest thing about offense in the NFL is that if you have a 100-yard rusher, that gives you a slice, maybe 30%, of most teams' standard yards per game. Like you get most of your yards through the passing game. So the Bears being, I think it's like 10th, maybe 11th in running the ball, is just not helping enough. And that's, that's where we're at, year four, Nagy's offense, you know? So as a stats guy, you don't get to just throw out the lowest total, especially when you only have, you know, five, six, seven data points, right? So that's one thing that, like, I know that the, it was just trying to make the point that, okay, you take out that terrible game and they're still terrible. But yeah, 32nd, it's it's inexcusable. I mean, this is a team that is still in the thick of the playoff. You know, it's it's six weeks in, so like whatever. But like if if you were talking about playoffs right now, the Bears would be in the thick of the playoff race in the NFC. And that's unacceptable for a team that has playoff aspirations. Even if we don't think the Bears could really do much if they got into the playoffs, it would be similar to last year where they if they back in, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's crazy to have such a bad offense for a, uh, a a head coach that is an offensive-minded head coach. But just in general, like a team that has some talent to be that that bad. I mean, to be talked about with the Jets and the Texans. I mean, the Dolphins have been disappointing, but you know, th those are teams that you don't want to be mentioned with unless you're the Lions, right? Like, I mean, unless you're a bottom-feeding team and looking to next year. Those, those stats are fine because you don't care. But if you're a team that actually wants to compete, it's unacceptable. We didn't mention the Bears the Lions. thought they were going to compete this year, too. That's why they kind right. of built the roster the way they did. They figured they were going to be, for whatever reason, they thought, hey, you know, let's build off our off our playoff appearance. And, you know, instead of just saying, let's do a, a soft rebuild here, but Ryan Pace thought they were going to be a, a contender. Well, thanks, Robert. We appreciate it. Uh, bringing the spirits up on the show with that um, great tweet there. Um, I'm going to continue that theme and I'm going to bring a tweet from a football outsider uh, uh, writer, Aaron Schatz. He's at F O underscore a Schatz. And his uh, tweet is toughest remaining schedules based on current DVOA of opponents. So that's the football outsider stat that basically ranks, um, an, puts an overall grade 
on, on the teams. And, and, and it's a, it's a nice way to kind of show um, just how good or, or bad it is and not just by record. But so they went, they go through, they calculate this for all 32 teams, toughest remaining schedule. Number one, Packers, number two, Bears, number three, Ravens, number four, Vikings, number five, Lions. So obviously, at the end of the month, has a really tough remaining schedule. But again, if you thought that, well, Bears have some soft games coming up, so no big deal. Not the case. Like the Bears had the second hardest remaining schedule, according to this particular stat. And that's just to say, like, we, we knew that this coming into this season that the Bears had a tough schedule. Everything that you saw led you to believe that the Bears were going to play a lot of really good football teams. And right now, the Bears are a team that can't hang with good football teams, can beat the bad ones, and are just going to flip coins with the ones in the middle. And, and that's not a great recipe. This is who the Bears have been under Matt Nagy, though. Besides the first year, they've always been this team. And it's just uh, it's frustrating because, you know, we have to cheer for our team. But it's like we also want to see our team blown up and 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 start over. But it's just a very tough situation to be in as a fan. Yeah, and it's not going to get better. That I think no, that's probably the not. point is that it's this is going to be a tough year. You know, stick with us, and we'll you know we'll continue to try to mine the silver out of the raining clouds. But you know, it's there's going to be a lot of tough games on the schedule. And this is a very not, negative show today. I've not well, it's it's a it's a loss of the Packers. It's tough. It's <laughs> yeah, tough to be too yeah, positive. Tough, but yeah, it is. you know, just just know that like you we have to look at this from a different lens. You know, this yeah, isn't a competing sure. lens. This isn't a uh, you know the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl this year. Like I mean. You know, if if you really feel that way and you, you want to put some money on it, you'll get some really good odds with Vegas. They'll take your money. Um, that's not what this team is this year. This team is trying to figure some stuff out. It's trying to figure out if Justin Fields, what he can do and put him in a good position to have a sophomore campaign. That That's my opinion. That was my opinion in August. Um, why don't we move on to the stat? Um, I'm not going to, you know, my stat is going to make us feel even worse because we already alluded so to mine. it. But but why don't you go ahead and <laughs> reveal what your stat is? For me, my stat is uh, 16.3. Okay, and that's uh, the Bears' points per game oh, so God. far this year, and it's uh, again, it's it's horrible. It's it's the worst of the Matt Nagy era, so things are getting you know worse here. And yes, there's a, r- a rookie quarterback, but still, they're they're, they're ranked thirtieth right now in the league. So uh, they, there is one defensive touchdown mixed in with that sixteen point three this year. So again, only two teams are worse. You know, uh, last year they were twenty three point three. Uh, they had a couple of non-offensive touchdowns, but that, of course, was helped out by that that big stretch uh, towards the end of the year where they played some really bad teams. They put a bunch of uh, 30 points. I think they had like three straight 30-point games. 2019, which is, you know, when the things really started getting bad for Matt Nagy and the Bears, they were at 17.5 points per game. So they're even worse than that 2019 season this year. We've seen other teams get creative, figure out ways to put points up, how to move the ball. We haven't seen it from Matt Nagy. Again, this is kind of a, a more of a big picture thing here with Matt Nagy. As Bears fans, it's like if they stay around 500, because I'm just resigned to the fact that this is going to be Nagy's again next year. I can't see things getting so bad where they make a change because that's just not what the Bears do. George McCaskey, for whatever reason, does not make changes. That's just ne- never what they've done. So I see this team hovering around 500 being, like you said, Beat beat the bad teams, get beat against the good teams, and then the rest is, is, is a big coin flip. About five hundred again. More Matt Nagy, more Ryan Pace, more Bill Lazor. Feel the excitement. 
Uh, it's crazy if you really kind of look at the NFC and, you know, things can change. It's early. It's only six games in. But if you really look at the NFC, you've got the Rams and the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs unless something crazy happens. The, you know, the, the Cowboys are going to win the East. The Bucks are going to win the South. Um, Packers are going to win the North. That's five teams right there. So you have two spots. One of those spots might be the Saints. I think the Panthers are coming back to earth. I don't see the Panthers yeah. really going anywhere. So let's say it's the Saints. And then that last spot is going to be the Spider-Man meme of the Minnesota Vikings pointing at the Chicago Bears. They're the same freaking team. And, and so I think that you're going to have that situation again where the Bears and the Vikings are pointing at each other at the end of the year going, do you want to go? Do you want to go? And 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 that that's not a good place to be in, right? I mean, seventh or eighth in the in the NFC in the conference and the NFC is is not a good place to be. That's exactly where we'd like to see the Packers be. Yes, you know, to just be mediocre and irrelevant. But it's it's not a fun place to be ourselves. So, well, my stat is uh, we we actually alluded to a little bit earlier. Um, Twenty one and five. That's Aaron Rodgers' record against oh. the Bears. And I here's the thing, I. Aaron Rodgers doesn't disgust me. I'm amazed by Aaron Rodgers. I think he's he, he's a he's an amazing quarterback. Yeah. Watching some of the throws that he's able to make over the last, you know, 15 years, I I think he's really impressive. I think he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he's really smart. Um, you know, he 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 has other interests like he you know, he's he's been in like Game of Thrones. He's been in uh, uh you know, he he did the Jeopardy thing. Like he he's got other interests. I, I think he's probably a pretty smart guy and I, I can't I can't really hate him for for all that because just as a football fan, like I could hate Favre because I thought he was totally overinflated. Yeah. He he would throw so many interceptions, he was reckless, and people just I oh, just loved him because he just ran around the field like like a nutball. But Rogers, like, I have a hard time hating him because he's just so good at the game, and I appreciate that. But I am so sick of this guy <laughs> and, and having to watch him just destroy my team time and time again. 21 and 5. That is an unbelievable record. That's ridiculous. I'm sure Brady's got, you know, a similar mark against the Jets or something like that. But that, I mean, that's a sad, that's a sad thing to say when you have to, to talk about Brady having a, a great record. Okay, great. That, that That's not something I want to bring up. That's not something I want the Bears to be on the other end of. And between him and Favre, they've flipped this series. This season series, or, um, all-time series is now owned by the Packers by plus seven. And, and, you know, had that visual, you know, kind of teased it on last week's show. And it came out when I finally finished it, um, putting a bunch of green bricks on top because of, because of Rogers. And it, it's just, it's disgusting. And I, I, I wish him the best to go move on to another team. I hope he does that next year. I hope this isn't all a bluff and he comes back again, because I just don't know that I can take it anymore. Like, I don't know that I can take watching these games with Rogers, just toying with Chicago bears. I'm in the same boat as you. I, I I really appreciate who he is as a football player. I mean, if he didn't play in Green Bay, he'd probably be one of my favorite players, not, not a bear to watch. Um, right now, those guys are Russell Wilson, Aaron Donald. You know, I have some guys that I like, enjoy watching, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the Watt brothers. I like watching play football. So, you know, if, if he wasn't in Green Bay, he'd be one of those guys. But it's just tough. And then, of course, you know, when the game ends, you know, here he is on the State Farm commercial you know, doing his thing there too. So he's like all over TV. Uh, it's just, it's just tough. That That's a terrible stat from you. I, I That's worse than mine. One of the, one of my <laughs> greatest, one of my best lines uh, was in the, the five question series, you know, Packers guy I asked is Aaron Rodgers the Kirk cousins of pitchmen, um, which 
I don't know. I thought that was really funny. I still, I mean, sometimes if your humor makes you you laugh yourself, maybe that's good enough because I, I still think enough. that's, that's a funny thing yeah. uh, to think <laughs> about that. Like, he's just like so average. Like, he's not bad. Like, there are bad pitchmen out there. He's not bad, but he's not good. Like, he's not manning. Um, but I don't know. I find I find it kind of funny. Let's take a break. And we will come back on the other side of this to talk about the three bears. Stick with us. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's get into the three bears. So let's let's start off as we like to do with the the, the hot bowl of porridge, the, the bear that really kind of exceeded expectations. Who did you want to highlight this week? You know, it's something positive here. So this is our, our bear and balance part of the, of the show here. And I'm going to go with a guy. I think you probably may have him as well, but I think it's going to be Khalil Herbert this week for me. Um, 19 rushes, 97 yards, 5.1 per carry. He had the touchdown run. He had a, he had a touchdown called back. Uh, he had two catches, 15 yards. And, and I was most impressed, you know, by him staying on the field. I thought they would pull him on passing situations. I wasn't sure if the Bears were going to trust him to pick up the blitzes, to do the, the whole pass pro thing. And he played Dan Rear the whole game. I mean, Ryan Nall, I think, had two snaps on offense. Uh, Artavius Pierce, I think, had had one snap on offense. So they trusted Khalil Herbert with the entire offensive package. And as a rookie, that's rare, a, a rookie at that spot. So for me, it's Khalil Herbert. I think it's moving forward for the year as, as things start, you know, guys come back. Having three guys you really trust back there, that, that's good for this offense. Yeah, he's mine too. And and like you said, there's that second score that got called back. Well, if that doesn't get called back for a completely BS holding penalty terrible on, on Sam Mustafer, yeah. there's no hold there. That was that was beyond. There was, oh, I can kind of see it. Or, oh, that was a weak. No, no, no. There was no hold. There was, I, I watched it six times. There's no hold. Anyway, he would have had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. That's a yep. fantastic game. 97 yards and a score is a good game. That is a really good game, especially for a rookie that was drafted late. Over 100 yards and two touchdowns, and like you say, carrying the whole load. I mean, that it, that it was a fantastic game. I wish he would have just gotten it because of that, because it would have been a 100-yard game, because it would have been a two-score game. I mean, those are meaningful in terms of, like, stats um, for, for the history books. But absolutely, his, he's been – again, he was just a guy that I, – I remember turning to you at camp and being like, Herbert, he's, he's in the plans. You can tell. You can tell they like him. He's in the plans. I like how he looks. And it's unfortunate that he's had the the opportunity because that means that other guys in front of him um, have been injured or or were out. You know, Damian Williams was out with COVID. You know, and obviously David Montgomery's hurt. But that's this league, you know, especially in running back position. Guys are going to get banged up, and so you got to be ready. And he's come in and he's answered the bell, and I I couldn't be happier. Like that is just it's a it's an awesome situation for Khalil Herbert to come in and do that. He's very decisive when he runs. Like if the hole's not there, he immediately looks to bend it back to the backside. He's he puts he's he's the classic, you know, stick your foot in the ground and go. I mean, when he makes his cut, he makes his cut, he's decisive and he goes and he turns his legs and he gets what he can. He, I think he's a guy that's, you know, he, I'm not gonna say he's he's the best tailback in the roster, but I mean, if he was the guy moving forward, I don't think I'd be you know, I, I wouldn't be upset about it. 
Well, if nothing else, it's a great one-two punch coming back next year, right? For sure. I mean, Williams is on a one-year contract, so you assume that they're probably going to let him go. And so you've got Montgomery and Herbert coming back next year. That's really exciting. And it, it I mean, again, I'm a Bears fan. I like to watch running game. So um, I'm, I'm happy when you when you have a good back. And if you've got two good backs, great. You're like, let's build an identity off of that. That's a great one-two punch for uh, Brian Dable. Absolutely. Brian Gable's <laughs> gonna love those guys. All right, let's let's flip it around and talk about the cold bowl of porridge here. Who who are you kind of identifying as a guy that just didn't live up to expectations? You know, watching it live, I, I thought he had a bad game, and then I rewatched it and you know, he did have a bad game. That's center Sam Mustafer. Um, I actually graded his play. Uh, when I go back and rewatch it, I figured let's, I'm going to pick one guy out that I think was good or bad. And this week it was a bad, and I graded him on 61 plays. Um, I had a minus 14 plus 47. So it comes out to a 77% for those that like that, that math there, you know, he had a bad snap that was on him. Usually when it's a bad center quarterback exchange, it's the quarterback's fault. Uh, but this one, the ball never got up. So it was clearly on him. Uh, he was giving up a lot of ground in the run game. A lot of that was against Kenny Clark, who is a really good defensive tackle for the Packers, but he was giving up too much ground. Um, he was whiffing on the second level a few times. And then even, even the, some of the ones I give him a positive on, there were no, there was no movement, which again, I, I talk about, you don't always have to move the guy, but at least give your back a direction. He was just stalemating him. He did nothing in the run game and he would get kind of pushed off. And his guy sometimes would, would either get, get a, get a hand on the play or make the tackle just wasn't a very good game from Sam Mustfer. And, and I was asked to actually look at his play last week. I didn't have time to do it. That's why I wouldn't reason I wanted to make sure I looked at him this week. I think through six games, it's pretty clear that he's probably the worst Bears offensive lineman. He is – can he improve? Sure. You know, again, a lot of stuff with him comes down to functional strength. You know, you can improve that in the offseason. He's not going to get stronger, you know, th- through the next few months. You know, it's just you can't add that kind of power during the season. But, you know, another good offseason of, of adding some some power maybe comes back next year because, you know, the, the technique is usually there. You know, the intangibles are there. You know, they love his leadership skills. So maybe he's a guy that you can count on, but I would not count on him being your center of the future. Bring another guy in. Let them compete. Like if it's a draft pick, great. If it's a, if it's a vet free agent, great. But you can't count on him being your guy moving forward. Honestly, a stunning decision by Ryan Pace to not bring in competition for him. There were a couple guys that were veteran guys, you know, older guys, but still guys that could still play the game. There were some guys in the draft that I thought were really smart targets. Those guys are starting and they look good. You know, just there was a number of options there and they, the Bears just decided to, to, to roll the dice. And I, and I think they came up short on this one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm not I'm not happy about doing this, but I'm gonna identify Justin Fields and um you're pissing two, off some fans right I know, now i can I know. feel it and here's the thing he had two really great drives and and that's great and that we should highlight that on the fields report here in a few minutes i think overall he had a lot of rookie moments and and probably it all of the, it makes sense it is what it is i but i think we also kind of have to call out when those rookie moments are a, a, a few too many and and I know that people are freaking out. They didn't award him a timeout. I mean, he turns around. He's 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 trying to get a timeout. They that didn't award. Weird. I don't understand. Yeah. But then he goes back and tries to get the snap. And I think it's just one of those things where he just has to like walk away and like has to keep doing the time. I'm, I'm not putting that on him. I really am not trying to put that on him. But there was just these like moments 
where it just seemed like bad rookie, rookie guy, rookie mistake, you know, and it just kind of kept adding up and it's in a big moment, you know, it's a big game. And when he's focused, when he's in a rhythm, you can tell, you can see those flashes and they start to stitch together and it's exciting. Right. But there was just too many times where he'd, you know, he flung the ball in the end zone and okay. Like, I don't know what you're doing there. Like the one where you thought you had a free play, you know, on review, it kind of looks like he didn't. Um, I certainly thought so in the moment, but didn't look like maybe they they came over quite as much. But he flung the ball in the end zone twice. You know, there, there was, it wasn't just that play. It wasn't just the free play. It was another play. And so I don't really know what he's doing on those. And and so I I feel like to be bare and balanced, we need to kind of call it out when 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 it's earned. And so I'm I'm going with Justin Fields. And I understand that I'm going to get some hate mail on this, but I'm I'm going with Justin Fields here. Your Twitter's going to blow up oh, after man. Ironborn. I'm going right to get there. canceled. <laughs> now, I, I, I can't argue. I mean, he had some mistakes. I mean, I think at least two of the sacks were on him, uh, probably a third. You know, maybe all four once I go give a chance to really, you know, dive into it. But, you know, he made some poor decisions on those. Um, he, he seems like he's not quite as decisive as you want to see right now. When he decides to run and he goes, he goes. I mean, he has 4-4 four, four speed. He's going to make some yards. Uh, again, this is all part of the rookie player maturing understanding the nfl and he said that the speed of the guys you know he's not surprised by that and i i think that's true i think what does surprise him is is he's not able it's, it's not muscle memory yet like he doesn't see it and react as quick as he will at some point in his career and that's like it's like you said that's okay he's a rookie he's learning right. on the job so as bears fans we can't get too high we can't get too low we just gotta enjoy the ride absolutely again I'm not mad. I'm not calling him out and and saying like, oh no, like you know he's terrible. I'm saying like he didn't perform as well as I as I expected him to, and and so I think it's worth at least talking about it here. What about your just right? Who's the guy that kind of performed up to expectations? Can we stop being surprised when uh, Robert Quinn plays good now? I think uh, yeah, I think so. I think he's at a point now where we're where we're seeing last year was the anomaly last year was right. the year when you know robert quinn was hurt whatever it was drop foot whatever other injury may have had but he had four tackles two tackles for loss he had a sack he was good against the run good against the pass you know this is the real robert quinn this is the guy that ryan pace signed to that ridiculous contract last year you know he has 88 career sacks now he's always been a good football player he has an uh two pro bowls on his resume and, and i think he was a first team all pro one year so this is the Robert Quinn that we see. This is the Robert Quinn that, as Bears fans, we should expect every week. He's going to get pressure on a quarterback. His bend is ridiculous. He is such a, you know, he gets around that edge. Like, I've never seen a Bears player have that kind of bend. It's just ridiculous. He doesn't win with power. He wins with speed. His his inside moves a little sketchy right now because he gets stuck a lot on blocks when he tries to come back inside. But I think that may be part of it where they're trying to do something with uh, some stunts up front. So maybe he's trying to, to attract the attention of the guy to let a guy come off the other side. But but right now, Robert Quinn is playing pretty good football, and this is the guy we should expect to see moving forward. I can't remember what that move's called, like a cross chop, something that he does yeah. that's it's really impressive. Um, I, I actually have a similar, and I'm just I'm going to call out Sean Desai. And I thought he had a good – I mean, look, the Bears lost, but – they held the Packers to 24 points. Uh, Rodgers was under 200 yards. Uh, Devontae Adams was under 100 yards. Like, I, I thought he had a good scheme. That max sack was all scheme. 
right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that was a stunt. Like, he, you know, Rogers just fell to the ground. He didn't, Mac didn't have a great hit on it or anything. And a couple of them just felt schemed up. And he's been doing that consistently. That's how you lead the league in sacks is because you're scheming things up. And that's exactly what we wanted out of this guy, right? I mean, the Pagano scheme felt so stale and such a waste of talent over the last couple of years. We were calling for it over the last couple of years. Like, what are you doing? Like, you got to start playing some games up front. Desai knows how to do that, and he's been doing it quite well, and he knows he's got he's got a couple queens on the chessboard. Like, he's going to use them like that. He's not going to just, you know, waste them uh, and, and let the offense dictate, you know, that Khalil Mack's not going to get any uh, you know, real good pass rushing attempts because they're just going to run everything away from him. Sean Desai's not going to let him do that. Sean Desai's going to move around the board. Sean Desai's going to stack him and Quinn up on the same side. That's exciting stuff. That's good defense. And so I'm I'm really I'm excited to, with what Sean Desai has brought and and now I just expect it every week and he delivered mm-hmm. again. I thought that was a good defensive performance out of him as a coach. Yeah, it's, it's fun to kind of see how he schemes these guys up. You know, like when you're watching it, it's almost like some of the defensive players are blocking to mm-hmm. get their guy absolutely for a, for a free rushing lane and and that's cool to see because like you said, Chuck Pagano, it's almost like the Bears wasted two years of this of the absolutely. talent on this team because he was either just so far behind the times or just, you know, just cashing checks or I'm not sure what was happening there, but you know, I, I thought Chuck Pagano was going to come in with something neat and unique from what he did when he was a, a DC in Baltimore. You know, he had some nice schemes. He did some nice stuff there. We just didn't see it for two years. So yeah, that's a good pick with Sean Desai. I think that like you said, this is the, the Sean Desai defense. He he really did put a stamp on what the Bears want to do. This is not a, a Vic Fangio scheme. This is the Sean Desai scheme now. Well, let's talk about the last new category that we added, which is the Fields Report. So anything that stuck out to you about Justin Fields and his development? Again, I kind of called him out as having a not very good game, but he still had some positive things. What what kind of stuck out to you as, as, a, as a nice piece of development for Justin Fields? The nice opening drive, of course, was nice. You'd like to see that. And then he struggled most of the game. And then the fact that he was able to come back towards the end, have another uh, long 80-plus uh, yard drive towards the end there, and he really put the Bears back in a position to, to do something. Then, of course, Aaron Rodgers happened. But but just the fact that he was able to do that last that, that fourth quarter drive, he had some nice reads there. He, again, we talked about him being decisive. He was very decisive on that drive. You know, when he had to run, he ran. When he had to throw, he threw. You know, did, did he take a few sacks at other points that took him out of field goal range and and, and took some points off the board? Yeah, which is why, why we kind of called him out a little bit earlier. But But the development's there. You know, whether it's it's just his innate ability as a football player, you know, that's that's driving that or whether it's what's happening with the coaches. You know, we are seeing him improve from week to week and it's it's a process. It's going to take some time. But, you know, by by next year, you know, fingers crossed, this is the guy. Well, for me, it was that second touchdown drive. And yeah. it was at the end there where you got the touchdown from Herbert. They called the, you know, the non-existent holding call on Sam Mustafer. And how many times have we seen this yes. where the Chicago Bears get a holding penalty and it, it's over? Like they can't recover. They, Momentum is dead. Yeah. Or they're going to have to kick a field goal in that situation. Like there's no way that they're going to score there. And he was able to uh, bring them back and, and they scored a touchdown on that drive. And that was really impressive to me just because – and it shouldn't necessarily be impressive to me as a football fan, but like it was because I just haven't seen it happen. As a Bears, yeah. As a Bears, you know, like so many times. Like penalty happens, you're like, well, all right, you know, that one's over. They can't come back from that. 
and he did. And, and, and so that was really impressive to me. That drive was great. I don't, you know, again, you got, you see the flashes, you see some stuff starting to get stitched together. We need to see more consistency. We need to see more of those drives stitched together, back-to-back drives. You know, how big would it have been to be able to get points at the end of the first half and then take that opening kickoff in the second half and get some more points, right? I mean, how many times have you seen Tom Brady do that over the years and just, like, put teams away or, you know, get back in games? They had that opportunity to really do that to Green Bay, and they didn't do anything with it. You know, they, they had the weird timeout thing, sack, out of field goal range. And then they didn't do anything in the second half. So let's see, you know, let's start seeing him stack these up, stitch these together and, and see what he can do. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad like at the press conference today on, on Tuesday Matt, or on Monday, Matt Nagy talked about how, you know, Justin Fields doesn't make the same mistake twice. He, he really is a guy that really, you know, focuses on his mistakes to the point where he can put them behind him and learn from them. So let's see moving forward. If, if he's, if, if he is going to actually, you know, learn, you know, on those instances where, you know, I can't make a play here because if I do take a sack, I'm out of field goal range. Sometimes it's better just to throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. Sometimes a zero is better. A zero is better. Yeah. Zero is much better than a loss because, you know, would it have been a long field goal try? Yeah. You know, would the bears have potted in a situation (laughs) possibly with Matt Nagy, you know, but the fact that you took yourself out of it, that that field goal range really hurt your offense. Well, that's it for this show. I'm happy to put this game behind us. And, yeah. you know, we're recording a slightly earlier than we have in previous weeks. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's just get this thing over with. Cause yeah. you know, I don't want to think about this game anymore, but make sure you're checking out everything uh, on the site. Make sure you're checking out our YouTube channel where we're putting all of these videos up. Um, you know, please subscribe, you know, hit the bell, all the things that I'm supposed to say that I don't really know how to say yet. That helps us out a lot, helps out algorithms and smart math stuff so that, you know, we we get seen more. So that would help us out. That would be great. Uh, make sure you're uh, leaving a review on the podcast. We're a new podcast. Uh, we, we're happy that we're able to dip into this great Windy City Gridiron podcast channel and all the great audience there. But we're new. This is our first year. So it'd be nice to hear feedback from you guys on um, what you like about the show and you know what you don't like about the show send to our producer robert schmitz you know we don't we're the talent we don't need to hear that stuff um but but send all that stuff to robert and um you know check out all the great articles anything else lester uh that's it let's let's get the hell out of here let's get the hell out of here all right thanks for joining us and until next week bear down More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.